Hello, this is Augustus and Tony Corbett, and you're listening to the Marriage Minutes Podcast. Where we use biblical principles to enhance marriages and eliminate divorces. For the next 30 minutes, get ready for lots of laughing, learning, and loving. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage Minutes Podcast with Augustus and Tony Corbett. I'm Augustus and over there sits my lovely wife, Tony. Hi. Hello, everyone. All right. So we're going to get right back into what we were teaching from yesterday. Uh, we were talking about how fishing principles can help us catch a good spouse. In fact, I entitled this The Catch of Your Life. How to Use Fishing Principles to Catch a Good Spouse. And I spent some time yesterday talking about growing up with my father, uh, who was a great fisherman, him and my uncles, and we used to go fishing a lot. There are some things that, and these men were great fishermen. They knew how to catch fish. And I learned some valuable things about catching fish from watching them and, um, some of what I learned can be applied to catching a good spouse. Yes, yesterday, um, not yesterday, but the last episode was great. I learned a lot also about fishing principles, so I'm I'm really anticipating the remainder of this. Okay, so we'll get right into it. Um, there are 10 tips, fishing tips, that I believe are applicable to finding a good spouse. And... <clears throat> and by the way, before I get into them, remember even Jesus said to those that he was um, uh, calling to, to be his followers, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men. That's exactly right. So, so using a fishing analogy is what he did too. So he compared fishing with attracting people um, to, you know, to enter into a relationship with you. So... It's not far-fetched right. to you're use in, you're fishing. You're in the Bible. Absolutely. Good way to put it. All right, so we're going to continue with how to catch a spouse using fishing principles. So the first tip that we gave yesterday was um, you got to know the type of fish or spouse you want. And really, just about all of everything else that we talk about kind of anchors on that one point. Knowing the kind of fish that you want to catch or knowing the kind of spouse that you want to catch. That's number one. Number two is go where that type of fish or spouse will most likely be located. Okay, that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Number three, you got to use the right bait. Now, if you would go back, um, you all, to the episode just before this one, and you'll see all the comments that we made about these various things. I don't want to, I don't want to rehash them now. Because we try to keep our episodes under 30 minutes or so. And yes, uh, at, in the la last episode, we kind of went over that. All right. <clears throat> the next thing is keep your hook sharp. Keep your hook sharp. And <clears throat> that's the fourth tip. And so today we're going to get into tip number five. Tip number five. And tip number five is reel him or her in slowly. Reel him or her in slowly. Yes, I can remember fishing where you get a bite and one of the rookie mistakes, one of the mistakes that rookies make is as soon as they feel the fish on their pole, they will 
try to hook it by, and you are supposed to kind of snatch the pole back a little bit so that the hook can catch something inside the fish. Like I said, last episode, it's usually catch the fish by his lip, but you got to kind of snatch it a little bit so the hook can hook onto something. And one of the biggest mistakes that rookies make is they snatch it back too hard and they snatch it completely out of the fish's mouth. Right. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, you know, snatch it back, the hook, everything comes out and pops out of the water. The bait is gone. The fish is gone. <laughs> that is a rookie mistake. Okay. All right. So you don't do that. You, you snatch it back just enough to hook the fish. Okay. And if you do it just right, that foot, pardon me, that fish is hooked on that hook mm-hmm. because you snatched it back just enough for it to catch on to something. Again, hopefully it's his lip. And then you start slowly reeling that fish in. If you do it too fast or if it's jerky, if you snatch it too hard, you're going to lose that fish. Okay. okay. That fish is going to eat your bait. And move on. Okay. So the same is absolutely true when you're trying to attract a spouse. You don't want to do it too fast. You want to be deliberate. You want to act. You want to do it slowly. You want to do it smoothly. You don't want to seem to be desperate or thirsty, as the young people say. Okay. You want to take your time. Okay. You want to. Uh, methodically and smoothly reel that spouse in like just the way you do that fish. So um, that brings me to this point. Some women think that having sex with someone early is how you're going to hook the man. Oftentimes, if you're dealing with, you know, a brother who's, who's looking for a spouse rather than a good time, early sex, you're going to lose the brother. Okay. You, 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 you're reeling him in too fast. All right. You're giving him all the bait without hooking him on the hook. So you basically going to, he's just going to take that bait. Most men going to take that bait and keep it moving and move on to the next woman because you're moving too fast. There shouldn't be any sex in a relationship Uh, especially as Christians until you get married. Right. That's what I was about to jump in and say. Now, remember, we're talking about people who are wanting to uh, do Christian dating. So they definitely should not, a woman should not be trying to reel a man in in a fast way by having sex with the man before marriage. Yes, that's like, again, reeling the fish in too quickly. Right. I mean, you're basically giving the fish the bait without hooking the fish. So giving a man, giving a man sex uh, before you marry, before you really got him hooked, which is, you know, that marriage commitment. Right. You Mm -hmm. are basically just giving him bait. You're feeding him and he's probably going to move on to the next fish in the sea. Yep. Right. To the next hook that he sees. Put it that way. Yes. All right. So. You want to be deliberate. You want to take your time. Um, There should not be any sex in a Christian dating relationship. That's one of the things that you're going to use to hook the man, right? Right. His anticipation for the sex, Mm -hmm. him waiting for the sex, 
All of that is a part of the hook. Right. And I know, let me just say this. I know we may sound like we're from ancient days, but we're, we're in the Bible. This is Bible. Amen. This is not just 2020, um, um, what we're talking about. And I know some people who may come across this podcast, you know, have a different perspective. But keep in mind, our podcast is Christian-based, is word-based, is based on biblical principles. Yes. So Thank you for explaining that. Yes. And we don't apologize for that. Right. We don't apologize for that at all. A Christian um, should not be, in fact, just dating and, you know, anyway, just dating, just to be dating. You know, we encourage Christians to date to mate, not date for sex. So I get a little concerned when a couple of Christians are dating too long. Okay. Uh, That's going to open the door for, for the flesh. That's exactly right. I and, agree. I totally agree with that. You know, that. that was one of the reasons why you and I decided to go ahead and get married in less than a year. You know, I, I proposed to you like we've talked about the first time that we talked and almost lost you from that, from doing that. But thank God you saw past it. And we actually married within 11 months. And we didn't want to give our flesh the opportunity to lead us into sin. Right. Right. And, you know, truth be told, um, I was like two years in the Lord and you had been saved for quite some time. So I wasn't completely delivered, you know, from 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 being sexually active before I got saved. I mean, I got saved, but my flesh didn't get saved. So I was still desiring sex and pressuring you to do so. And just so happened, though, that you are a woman of God. And, um, you said, no, we're not doing that. If you want me, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait until you put a ring on it. And until we get married and stand up before the preacher. And that was different for me. That was hard on my flesh, but because of your character and your commitment to the Lord, um, you know, we were able to sustain. And so, you know, you knew that that, was a part of, of, of hooking me, right. You know, hooking me in, into marriage. Right. And so, um, good job on that. Yeah. After what? Almost 32 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good job back then of saying no, of having, cause I put the pressure on. I mean, right. I'll admit that to you all. I'll admit that in the pie, put the pressure on. Okay. So if it was up to me, we would have definitely been doing everything married couples did but my wife said nope um you don't uh, you don't get it until you uh are committed that's yeah. exactly right yeah all right praise god so reel them in slowly or reel her in slowly okay all right now the next thing is when you catch a fish the fish is coming out of that dirty water And so the fish tends to be dirty and slimy. So the sixth thing is don't fear the slime. Okay. Some people go fishing and they can barely catch the fish after they catch them because it's so dirty and, and muddy and slimy and so forth. And they're like, Ooh, 
well, you can't be afraid of all that on the fish because you got to handle the fish. You got to take the hook out the fish's mouth. I mean, you, it, that it comes, does feel gross, though. It now, does. I just have to say. <laughs> it really does. I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, but you got to do it. Right. You know? Right. If you want the fish. If you want the fish. The you slime know, comes with the, the fish. The slime comes with that fish. Right? So how is this applicable in, in, in catching a, a spouse? Because you some of the people that you run into that, 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 that you're interested in may not be as clean as you would want them. They may have some slime on them. They may have some dirt on them. Now, and and you got to be prepared for that, okay? And now there's some things that you shouldn't compromise about. Right. There's some and I think dirt. We'll get into that. We'll get into mm-hmm. that here. Uh, there are some things that you can that you can compromise about, and some things you shouldn't compromise about. Okay. As far as the slime and dirt and all that's concerned. There have been some fish that my father and I would catch that we throw back. Okay, this is this isn't right. Okay, we don't want this fish. We don't want to eat this fish, so we throw that fish back. So yes, there's some slime, some dirt, some conditions of the fish that you need to throw that thing right back into the into the water. All right, but there's some other things that you can that that shouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker. All right. Right. When you're looking mm-hmm. for a spouse, for example. Now, the first thing is the sight of the person, the appearance of the person, how the person looks, okay? That shouldn't be an automatic deal breaker, all right? Because that's not the most important thing about an individual. Now, of course, you need to be attracted to the person. There need to be some chemistry. There need to be some fire. There need to be some sexual sexual attraction okay that you delay until you get married right but it Mm -hmm. should be there you shouldn't be repulsed when you look at somebody that you're interested in in marrying because that's probably going to follow you right into the marriage and if there's trouble with the sex in the marriage the marriage is going to have trouble but don't base everything on a person's look looks because an individual may Look one way and be a really great person who will treat you like a queen or a king. And then the person may be as fine as all outdoors, mm-hmm. but got all sorts of issues. Right. So it shouldn't be a deal breaker, not initially. So his sight, his salary, that shouldn't be a deal breaker. In, in yesterday's episode, we talked about that a little bit. And... It's important, you know, that that a person has a good salary, that a especially a man be able to have the wherewithal to be able to provide for uh, his future family. That's all very important. That is critical. And if a person is not does not have a good salary, that should be a caution sign. If a person doesn't have a good job, if a person doesn't have a good career going, that should be a caution sign. But it shouldn't be a deal breaker initially because you need to find out, you need to tread cautiously, but you need to find out why this individual is not, you know, involved in a good career, doesn't have a good job, is not going anywhere. You need to find out. Right. Ask some questions, right? Is he laid off from work? Is he in school? Is he starting a business? Mm -hmm. 
You know, those kinds of things. I think these things. are really good. I yeah. think these are really good because even if they don't have the salary when you initially meet him, you want to find out, well, where do you plan to go? How do you plan to provide for me if this becomes, if we become a married couple? Right. So those are important questions to ask. Not that it has to be a deal breaker initially, but if he doesn't have a plan and he doesn't believe in, you know, perhaps getting an education or getting some kind of trade or some kind of job training, then you may need to go on. Or if he's lazy. If he's lazy. Has no ambition, a freeloader, that kind of person, then yeah, I mean, you might want to, Throw that fish back in the water. Right. You know, and that's that's man or woman. Right. That's exactly right. Man or woman. Yeah. So, you know, with me, uh, when we first met, I was in college and you had already graduated college and you were into your career when I met you. And I had um, uh, had issues in college before I got saved. I got kicked out of college and uh, on three different occasions, actually. And yeah, uh, I, I went. <laughs> We were together. It was on one of those occasions you had gotten kicked out when exactly. I met you. Yes. And um, the last time it was because I was so into the Lord, so saved and everything. I didn't want to study anymore. Yeah, you were on campus preaching I and evangelizing. Preaching, leading everybody to the Lord. I was neglecting my books. And they kicked me out. And I and, and I had to, had to get back in. And uh, so... That caused me to have gaps in my education. So it took me actually eight years to finish college. Okay. I wasn't in college eight years, but there were, there were times where I was kicked out and times where I wasn't in school for a year at the time or two years at the time. And that's one of the things I so appreciate, uh, appreciate about you, Tony, because when we met and I explained all this stuff to you, and by the way, that brings me to something else. I was very, very, very honest with you about who I was and all my issues and so forth. Definitely. I laid it on the, I laid it all out for you. You did. And let me just say this. I thought maybe we will wait until we got to the marriage episode, but no, you're right. It, it should come here while we're dating. I will always and always, I mean, always appreciate how forthcoming you were with me about where you were in life and where you wanted to go, where you had been, you know, things you had done well, things you had not done so well. At one point I was like, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get the picture. I get it. <laughs> you know, cause you were telling me <laughs> in too, it and yeah, everything. Yeah, that's too much. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, that's too man. much information. Woo, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted, I'm sorry, go ahead. But I, I so appreciate that. And I think that's, that was one of the things that attracted me to you was the fact of you, you are very, uh, communicative, you know, you communicated to me everything about you and your background. You didn't hold anything back. And so then I was able to make an informed decision based upon what you shared with me. And I weighed everything and I'm like, well, okay, I believe I can. And and prayed. And, oh yeah, I did pray. I didn't want to get too (laughs) spiritual, but I did pray about it. And that has done well for us, though, in our marriage, because you always communicate. I mean, you're going to share it, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. You're going to share it, and we're going to have a discussion about it. Right. And um, that's an asset. Yeah. 
because I simply didn't want, I knew I was notorious. Okay. I was well known on my college campus and, and, um, and you, and you had gone to school right down the street and we were in the same church. And when I say same church in the same denomination. So I knew you were going to hear all kinds of stuff about me. I mean, I knew that they were going to tell you everything. So I said, I'm going to tell her first. Okay. Everything. So that when you all get to bombarding her with all this, all this stuff that's under the blood of Jesus. Yes. Okay. Yes. She would, she would, Oh, I know that. In fact, you ain't got the story right. Right. You know, <laughs> he's already told me that. And that happened. Mm -hmm. People did start coming to you. Right. Did you know this? Did you know that? You know, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. All this stuff. Yep. And this was coming to you hard and fast when folks got word that Miss Tony Corbett, I mean, Miss Kojic was marrying this guy who had gotten saved a couple of years ago, who was all out in the streets and all doing all kind of stuff. What is she doing? Does she know who this is? Does she know who she's met? Yes, she knew because I told her all of that. Yes, you okay? did. And so how did I get into that? I kind of forgot how No, I because got we into were talking about the um if he has a vision and potential, perhaps if he doesn't have the right type of salary when you first meet this potential spouse. Right. What vision does he have? Right. Why is he in the predicament he's in? Is he right. in school? Right. Is he starting a business? Because yeah. we know how much you have yeah. to invest if you're starting a business. You have to exactly. delay yeah. things, dreams, and materialism if you're starting a business. Yeah. So all of that. And, and, and I was telling you why it took, why I was on the eight year graduating plan. Right. I mentioned uh, year seven. <laughs> it was year seven. Right. That, that's what, yeah, thank you. That's, that brings me back to what I was, what I was saying. I'm so grateful to you for that because uh, it might've been nine or 10, but you said to me, okay, let's sit down and let's talk. Okay. Because. We got to get this college thing done. I remember this conversation. Yes. We got to get too. this done because we need you to get out there and do what you've got to do uh, for the family and making money and all that. So we need to get this college thing done. And um, so I basically um, finished like the last two years of my college in one in year. In one year. You took so many classes. So and many. you also worked, remember? That's right. You worked That's right. and took classes. That's exactly right. You were right. working at this new plant, a right. uh, real nice chemical plant or something, Conica. Yep, it was Conica. It was Conica. And you worked and went to school at night and went to school during the day. Um, oh, yeah, man, I could get into that. The, the company, my supervisor allowed me to leave Around lunchtime. Um, around lunchtime, go take a couple classes, come back later that day, and then I had classes that night. Yes. I did that for a solid year. And and these were high-level chemistry classes, too, right. by the way. These were not, I mean, these were 700-level. Mm -hmm. These were graduate-level chemistry courses. And guess what? I did better that year than I had done my whole college career. I got straight A's almost. In these really, really difficult chemistry classes. Because, I remember. Yeah, because I had everything now in place that I didn't have before. Right? I well, had, it's what I, we call a support system in my in my field in social work. Yes. I, you know, I was able to be a help meet and to be a support, right. you know, system and encourage you as you um, got your chemistry degree. Right. 
and it was it was just a wonderful situation for us. Yes. You know, I, I just I look back on it with um with joy. Yeah. Because we were working towards a goal and that's important. You know, you need to have goals that you work towards. And our goal was to get you out of school and you did it within a year. Two years within a year. Right. And then the, when I graduated, if you remember this, we went to celebrate. We went to a restaurant in Greensboro called Bennigan's. It was December 1989. It was cold. It was I remember. cold. I remember mm-hmm. I had on a long black wool coat, mm-hmm. hat, the whole thing. And that was the way that we celebrated with a steak dinner. Yes. After I'd graduated because I had worked hard. I remember. Very hard. Those those days, I remember coming home at 10, 11 o'clock at night from class. I could barely move. I'd be so bone tired. From, I remember. From working and you had 40 to do hours. It. From working 40 hours. Yep. And taking 17, 18 credit hours a semester. And you had to do all of those um Chemistry lab reports. Yep. I remember all of that. So yep. yeah, but it it was it was wonderful. Yeah, it was wonderful. So so yes, with the good with you with the Lord in my heart and you by my side, I then was able to start displaying who I really was, who God had made me. That is the value of having a good spouse, right? Right. And, um, and so thank God. So yes, um, I got so caught up into that praise the Lord. But what we're talking about is don't fear the slime. Don't fear the slime. My, you, you didn't fear all the slimy stuff that you saw and heard and so forth because you were able to see past it and see the person that I was and see a lot of people who be saying, who be coming to go to somebody with slime about somebody, they don't really know that person. Right. You know, for, for example, folk didn't know that I'd gotten saved when I was eight years old. Okay. That I grew up literally beside a Pentecostal church that, um, the, the woman who led me to the Lord, pastor Bradford, sister Bradford, I lived beside her. She basically adopted me. She was like a mother to me. She put Christ into me when I was five and six years old. Yes, and I had a chance to meet her before she went home to be with the Lord. Absolutely. And she confirmed all of that. Right. They didn't know that. Right. Uh, You know, so I I had just gotten away from the Lord. And that's why I was out there. Acting crazy. Acting crazy. (laughs) Because I got away from him. So, So, yeah, those kinds of things, his status, you know, my status wasn't good. You know, my status, like I was just explaining it wasn't good because of all the stuff I had been into. All right. Um, but, but those are things that you can compromise on sight, you know, appearance, looks, status, even salary. If there's some good explanations for it, but Tony, there are some things that you cannot compromise on. Right. Okay. There are some things you cannot compromise on when it comes to whether or not you need to keep the fish or whether you need to throw it back. All right. Number one, you can't compromise on whether the fella or the gal is saved. No compromising right there. They got to be saved or they should be saved, should be born again, should be walking with the Lord, should be uh, a, a committed Christ follower. Not perfect. No one is perfect. Right. 
but they should have a strong relationship with the Lord. They should be regularly attending church, should be regularly attending Bible study, should be regularly reading their Bible, a prayer life, all of that. You don't compromise on those things as a Christian. And we're talking about we're talking about dating, engaged, and married Christian people. And we are talking about the kind of spouse that someone, um, you know, as a Christian person should be trying to attract, trying to catch. So you can't compromise on this thing of being saved. Because if you do, then you're disobeying the word of God, just point blank. Which tells us that if you marry someone that you're not saved, who's not saved, then you are basically unequally yoked. And there are going to be problems. Right. Now, I've seen couples make it through those problems, but there will be problems. Right. Okay. And you would have, as you just said, you would have disobeyed the Lord. So that is a, that is a deal breaker. Uh, secondly, not only should he be saved, he also should be sound or she should be sound. The word sound is defined as being whole, healthy, and unimpaired, um, which means basically if a person has emotional issues, mental health issues, substance abuse issues, other related types of issues, that should be a big, big, big red flag. And you should know, find out everything you can about these situations, okay? And, uh, and weigh them very, very carefully, okay? With the, with the guidance and counsel of, of some mature person or professional or professional <laughs> um, because down the road, these things can have a serious, serious impact on the marriage. All right. So you definitely want to um, hopefully find someone who's sound mentally, emotionally, psychologically. We've already talked about being sound spiritually and financially. Right? right. But I'm talking about these mental and emotional things. Right. Things that can come with a person from their environment, from their childhood. You know, with me working with families in crisis and abused and neglected children in the, the second career that I've been in. Um, a lot of times you can bring that baggage into your marriage. So if you have some issues, acknowledge those issues and definitely try to get the professional help and spiritual help that you need um, if you're going to marry somebody. And there's some things where you probably, you may just need to say, no, this is not the person and go on and throw the fish back and throw the fish back in the, in the ocean. I mean, just, just be true to yourself. Right. You know, if that's, don't try to spiritualize don't it, try to spiritualize it. The Lord told me to do this and, and so forth. The Lord may, you know, Lord may tell you to walk therein or something. Uh, but, um, you know, don't don't get overly spiritual. If somebody got some issues that you just do not want to deal with, you know, mental health issues. Because another thing you got to keep in mind are the children. Uh, mental health issues can be hereditary, right? And so you may, you know, if y'all birth, uh, if y'all have children, you may see these issues with your children. So if that that's not something that you believe you can handle, you you may need to. Gently, sweetly throw that fish right on back. And, right, and, I agree. And and keep it moving. I don't know. I mean, everybody's different. Okay. All right. And then last of all, the you don't compromise on whether or not the potential spouse is safe. So saved, 
sound, and safe. Women, this is especially important. It's important both ways, but women, this is especially important. I would flat out say if a person has violent tendencies, ever puts their hands on you, then to me, you need to throw that fish back and keep it moving. Again, don't spiritualize it because I have seen, even as a lawyer, too many uh, too many um, women being killed, actually. Yes, by violent I have too. Men. Yes. Okay, so it's, it's being, in, being in the law, being a lawyer, it's something I don't mess around with. I don't play around with that. And take it very seriously if, if there's the first sign of it, you know. Don't just dismiss even the sign of any violent tendencies from a potential spouse. Exactly. Take that very seriously. Right. So now how do you get to the bottom of these things? How do you find out? How do you discover these things? Well, ask a lot of questions. Okay. Stop. You know, if you all are spending a lot of time just doing foolish or fleshly stuff, stop it and start asking each other, each other lots of questions. Spend time around his or her family and friends. Uh, the family and friends can tell you a lot about someone. Um, look for any traumatic events in their lives. You know, trauma can, can really, you know, cause um, a person to suffer all kinds of, of illnesses and issues. So look to see if there's trauma. Have they been in the military? Do they have PTSD? Did they experience abuse and neglect as a child? You know, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Look for that stuff. Ask those questions. And then I also, I also say do research. I mean, just, just look the person's criminal history up. Look up their medical history. Uh, you tell them, hey, look, give me, give me, sign this HIPAA release so I can get your records. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord! I um, mean, that's true nowadays with yeah. with um, STDs and HIV and you know all of that. Right. You would want to know about that. Yeah. You yeah. know, hopefully you would have somebody who would be upfront with you. But if not, do your own research. Do your research. You know, you know we know folks won't. You know, doctors, hospitals, and all that won't give up somebody else's medical. So you know, people signing prenups and all that. So get them and along with that. You know, sign this HIPAA. So I can start getting your records and seeing what you got, you know, and uh, why you act this way and why you taking these pills, you know, what's them pills all about, you know, um, why you walk like that, you know, why, <laughs> <laughs> what I, mean? I mean, what's going on, you know, there's nothing wrong. We're laughing, but it's very seriously. It's you, very, you're committing right. to this person the rest of your life, especially being a Christ follower. You going in it, you know, with the idea this is to death do us part, right? So you need to take these precautions. You need this information. And of course, a credit history. You know, what, what's, your, what's your credit score? Uh, what's, your, what's your credit? You, you, you may want to take some polls with somebody that got a 400 credit score. 450. <laughs> I mean, what's up? <laughs> I mean, what's going on with this? I mean, why? I mean, that tells you. you you're going to be probably um, renting for a long time. Right, because mm -hmm. of this credit score, you're gonna you're gonna pay a lot of interest when you buy stuff. If if you can get stuff with with this That's man true. or woman's credit, that is very true. Right? Yes. I mean, you you this is being practical, and in a state like Texas, okay, here's a little bit of my lawyer stuff here. 
In a state like Texas, Texas is a community property state. So whatever is, a, is, is acquired in marriage in Texas becomes the property of the couple, whether it's, whether it's assets or whether it's liabilities. Okay. So you want to know. So one of the things you want to know is, does this person have student loans? Okay. How much student, how much is student loans? Okay. Mm -hmm. And they need to know yours if you got it. Right. And, and so all of these practical things are stuff that you need to know when you're trying to make the assessment of whether or not uh, this person is a little bit too, like a little bit too slimy, right. like a fish. Do I need to throw this fish back? Okay. All right. Okay. So, so how are we doing? We, well, time. we're thir with 36 minutes in. Let's, let's, um, um, there's a lot more here, actually. We're getting to the bottom of it. Let's do one more real quickly. Okay. If I can do it quickly. All right, so the next the next one, what number is this? This is seven, right? Yeah, this is number seven. Tip number seven on catching a good spouse. Tip number seven, expect to clean him or her up. Because when you catch a fish, you have to clean that fish. You got to wash that fish thoroughly. Then you got to, most fish, you got to scale them. And then you got to gut them. You got to get all the guts out. Got to get all the scales off. Most of the time you cut the fins off, cut the head off, wash them real good. And only then is that fish fit to eat. So catching a spouse a lot of times is the very same way. Okay. And, you know, we kind of touched on that just then with all that stuff we were just talking about. But, um, you know, just expect them to be dirty. Expect them to be slimy. Expect them... Uh, you know, you black women, especially, uh, there are not a lot of eligible brothers out here. And if you're only looking at brothers who have a PhD or an MD or JD or, or BS or whatever, and you won't take anything else, I, I respect that. If that's, if that's your, if those are your qualifications you want in your fish, fine. Oh, I don't, you know, I'm just saying you may be waiting a long time. Right. Okay. Because a lot of brothers don't have that, unfortunately. Okay. So expect with a whole lot of these brothers, like you had to do with me, expect to help clean them up. Okay. They're going to come out them streets and into the church, slimy and dirty, like we talked about. And you sisters may want to help try to clean them up. So don't throw a brother away just because he's, He's, he's um, dirty and uh, say work, let's say he works for the city picking up trash. I wouldn't throw that brother away. I, mm -mm -mm. If he meet all these other qualifications, I wouldn't throw that brother away. I, I agree with that. Okay, I, I'm serious because first of all, I admire brother get out here and do trash, throw trash so that he can have money and make a legal dollar. Right. That's not, admirable. He's not selling dope, not robbing somebody, knocking somebody across the head to get money. That is very admirable. That is extremely admirable. That that in fact that's a good sign that this is probably a good brother. Right. I agree with that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, if 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 the two of you, you know, figure hey, you need to be making some more money 
or he, you know, wants something else. Well, then sister, help him. Right. Like we just said you did with me. Help him maybe go back to school. Help him, you know, maybe start a business or something. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have his GED, help him get his GED. But that's why I think it's important up front to find out where he is. What is his vision? Now, if he doesn't have a vision, then I, I wouldn't fool with him. You throw I, that fish back. Yes, I, I'm just telling about me. Okay. I would throw him back. But if he has a vision, yeah, right now, I'm I'm driving this truck around this city, but I'm not going to always be driving this truck around the city. I'm going to own the company or I'm going back to school and get my whatever, whatever degree or my trade. Okay, 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 okay. I got something to work with. But if he is um, not motivated and not ambitious about progressing in life, then I probably would not fool with them. Okay. So everybody, you all, that's why you got to know what kind of fish you want. Exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> you do your own assessment. Right. And come up with what you can um, compromise on and what you cannot compromise on. The respect, respect. I respect that. And because there are some, there are some non-negotiables, there were some non-negotiables for me. And, um, and for me, one of them was um, the educational interests. You know, I wanted a woman who had some education because I knew I wanted some. Right. Right. And uh, so that was just really important to me. I probably would have thrown the fish back too. Right. Right. Um, Now, you know, I feel a little dubious about that because thank God you didn't, you didn't throw the fish back. Well, but like I said, you had a vision, you had a plan. That's true. That, that was one of the differences. That's true. That's very true. All right, so so don't be afraid to to help clean up the brother. Right. I, I feel the need to stress that, Tony, because I know of a lot of young black professional women and non-professional women who are having a very, very difficult time finding men, black men, who are, you know, um, eligible for marriage, marriage material. And, and if, and then if you further filter those men through those that are saved, your lot becomes even smaller, even smaller. Wow. Right. I see it all the time. I see it with our daughter. I see it with her friends. I see it with lawyers, female lawyers that I know at the courthouse. Most of them are not in relationships. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're still waiting. And uh, because there are few black men who are on their level professionally. And that's why I'm saying don't be afraid to hook up with somebody who has all the other tangibles. Okay. Saved, love the Lord, good person, treat you very well, love the ground you walk on. Uh, not a lot of emotional baggage, mm-hmm. mental health bag, all of that. But the brother, for whatever reason, um, mm, that brings me to another point. But the brother, for whatever reason, doesn't have, you know, a good career going on. Let's suppose, for example, the brother has a felony conviction. Just thought about that. So many black men do have felony convictions. Okay. 
should should someone just outright reject that that brother? I would say no, especially if um, he meets all these other qualifications. Okay, I'm reminded of uh, of of a brother. I don't know him, but I see him all over the internet. His name is Jay Morrison. Jay Morrison is from up in New Jersey, I think, and. I saw one of his videos the other day. He's a three-time convicted felon, high school dropout. And Jay today is a multimillionaire from all appearances. Um, he's a big real estate guy. Mm-hmm. And I tell convicted felons all the time, even some of my clients, that just because you got a convicted felon doesn't mean that you got to get out here and break the law to make money. Uh, for example, the stock market could care less. That's exactly right. Whether you're a felon. Mm-hmm. You, if you learn how to invest, you can make good I mean, you can get rich. Right. Um, like Jay, going into business for yourself. Uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you're a convicted felon. And so that goes back to, it's not where he is, but what is his vision and his plan to leave where he is if it's not desirable to where, to get where he wants to go that would be desirable. Right. That, to me, that's, the crux of the matter. Yes. And and for me as well, th- there are those non-negotiables. Is he safe? Well, of course, yeah. Is he sound? Right. Is he safe? Right. Let's start there. And then you throw in some other things like, you know, is there ambition there? Is there vision there? Is there potential there? You know? So um, if all those things are present, even if he's a convicted felon, Sisters, I wouldn't just throw them back in the water. That's all I'm saying. Okay? All right, now, so let's stop here. When we get back, we got to do this another, we got to do another episode on this because we got three more things here. Okay? We got three more tips. Right. But we've gotten through seven of them. All right? Right. So we're going to stop here. Uh, Once again, we appreciate you tuning in to. Uh, the Marriage Minutes podcast with Augustus and Tony Corbett. Go back and listen to the other episodes. Please share this with uh, with everybody that you know. Um, and also go on iTunes and yes, do a review. Yes, go on iTunes and do a good review. Give us a five-star review. Write us a good, a good review. Um, we are on Facebook, facebook.com, Marriage Minutes podcast. We have a website now. That's Marriage Minutes dot podbean.com marriage minutes dot podbean.com that's our uh, website for the moment that may change but if so we'll let you know okay i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it bye-bye bye-bye